Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of pituitary physiology found under the endocrine section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with an introduction to pituitary physiology. As a reminder, the pituitary gland, or hypophysis, is set in the cella tersica, which is a depression of the sphenoid bone. It is split between the anterior pituitary, the posterior pituitary, and the intermediate zone, which produces melanocyte-stimulating hormone, or MSH, which stimulates melanin production in melanocytes. In terms of its regulation, remember that the hypothalamus maintains homeostasis in the body. It releases hormones to trigger the anterior and posterior pituitary to release its hormones. Corticotropin-releasing hormone from the hypothalamus triggers adrenocorticotropic hormone, or ACTH, from the anterior pituitary. Thyroid-releasing hormone from the hypothalamus triggers thyroid-stimulating hormone and prolactin release from the anterior pituitary. Also remember that there are negative feedback loops to the hypothalamus, which will decrease its hormones, which will in turn decrease the amount of hormones released from the pituitary. Now let's discuss the anterior pituitary in more detail. The anterior pituitary is also known as the adenohypophysis. It is a glandular component made of endocrine cells, and it is derived from the oral ectoderm, also known as Rathke's pouch. It synthesizes and secretes multiple hormones. The hormones which are produced in, stored in, and secreted in the anterior pituitary gland include growth hormone, which is a protein, and it functions to help with growth of the body tissues, and it promotes protein synthesis and tissue building. Another hormone is prolactin. This is a peptide, and it helps in the production of milk through mammary glands. Another hormone is adrenocorticotropic hormone, or ACTH. This is a peptide which stimulates the adrenal cortex to release its hormones. Another hormone is thyroid-stimulating hormone. This is a glycoprotein that stimulates the thyroid to release its hormones. Another one is follicle-stimulating hormone. This is a glycoprotein which stimulates the production of gametes, including ova and sperm, in the gonads. It also promotes follicular growth. The last hormone to mention in the anterior pituitary is luteinizing hormone. This is a glycoprotein which stimulates androgen production in the gonads and it triggers ovulation in women. Now let's discuss the posterior pituitary in more detail. The posterior pituitary is also known as the neurohypophysis. It is composed of neural tissue and is derived from the neuroectoderm. Its hormones are produced by the hypothalamus and are stored and secreted by the posterior pituitary. These hormones include oxytocin, which is a peptide that stimulates uterine contractions during childbirth. The other hormone is antidiuretic hormone. This is also a peptide, and it stimulates reabsorption of water in the kidneys. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pituitary physiology, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 35-year-old woman presents to the clinic with milky nipple discharge that began two weeks ago. For the past six months, she has experienced vaginal dryness, painful intercourse, and no menstrual periods. She also notes that her periods were previously regular. She has also had an unintentional 15-pound weight gain, dry skin, and fatigue that began six months ago. Her medical problems include depression, for which she takes bupropion. She does not smoke or drink alcohol. The patient's temperature is 96.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 35.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 134 over 80. Pulse is 62 beats per minute and respirations are 16 breaths per minute. There is mild facial puffiness on exam. No visual field deficits are found. A urine pregnancy test is negative. Serum thyroid stimulating hormone is 7.2. What is the most likely cause of her milky nipple discharge? And the answer choices are choice 1. 
elevated thyrotropin-releasing hormone. Choice 2, elevated dopamine. Choice 3, decreased serotonin. Choice 4, medication side effect. Or choice 5, tumor of lactotrophs in the pituitary. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, elevated thyrotropin-releasing hormone. This patient presents with clinical signs of hyperprolactinemia, as evidenced by the galactorrhea, vaginal dryness, and amenorrhea, and signs of primary hypothyroidism, which includes weight gain, dry skin, and fatigue with an elevated TSH. Primary hypothyroidism causes hyperprolactinemia via an increased release of thyrotropin-releasing hormone from the hypothalamus, which stimulates prolactin secretion by the anterior pituitary. Prolactin is produced and secreted by lactotroph cells in the anterior pituitary gland. These cells are regulated by several hormones, including positive control by TRH and negative control by dopamine. In the TRH pathway, reduced circulating thyroid hormone is sensed by cells in the hypothalamus, which then release TRH to stimulate thyrotrophs in the anterior pituitary to synthesize and release TSH to increase thyroid hormone production by the thyroid gland. TRH also activates lactotrophs in the anterior pituitary to secrete prolactin. The dopamine-prolactin pathway, also known as the tubero-infundibular pathway, is one of the four main dopamine pathways in the brain. Dopamine is released by the tubero-infundibular dopamine neurons in the hypothalamus to tonically inhibit prolactin release. This pathway can be affected by dopamine-blocking drugs such as antipsychotics, as well as mass effects on the path between the hypothalamus and the pituitary, both of which release lactotrophs from inhibition and cause elevated prolactin levels. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Elevated dopamine is incorrect because decreased, not elevated, dopamine in the tubero-infundibular pathway causes hyperprolactinemia. Elevated TRH is a better explanation for this patient's comorbid hyperprolactinemia and primary hypothyroidism. Choice 3. Decreased serotonin is incorrect because serotonin increases prolactin release. For example, there is evidence to suggest that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors may increase serum prolactin levels. However, this patient is not on an SSRI, and an SSRI would increase, not decrease, serotonin levels. Choice 4. Medication side effect is incorrect because bupropion is an atypical antidepressant that acts via inhibition of norepinephrine and dopamine reuptake, thereby increasing dopamine levels. Since dopamine is an inhibitor of prolactin release, bupropion actually causes a decrease in prolactin levels. Choice 5. Tumor of lactotrophs in the pituitary describes a lactotroph adenoma, which is incorrect because a lactotroph adenoma by itself is unlikely to cause an elevated TSH. While a lactotroph adenoma can result in a mass effect in the cella that crowds out other cells to cause hyposecretion of other pituitary hormones, including TSH, this would present as secondary hypothyroidism with a decreased, not elevated TSH. Finally, a bullet summary. Hypothyroidism results in an increase in thyrotropin-releasing hormone release, which both stimulates thyroid-stimulating hormone and prolactin release by anterior pituitary cells. That's all for this review about pituitary physiology. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating 
and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.